hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as Jeff continues to wave at me like a frantic person from across the chair. <laughs> uh, well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it sure seems everyone has an idea of how we should think, live, and make decisions. But when everyone disagrees, how do we cut through the noise? How do we sift through all the information overload and choose what governs our lives? As we pray and process these things, we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Jeff, uh, for those not watching on YouTube right now, thank you for the frantic and ridiculous waves while we're doing the introduction. Well, and for those of you who don't know, Joe's first attempt at this introduction was a total meltdown. Oh, a total meltdown. It's only <laughs> happened like three times in this entire podcast, but... I, uh, you know, from time to time, we like to be a little silly and to open things up. And I said, it's uh, mixed messages with El Jefe Bogue. But then I introduced myself as Jeff Bogue, and Absolutely. that did not work. No. You... So <laughs> this is where Jeff would like to say, you wish. No, no, no. you don't. No, you I, don't. <laughs> I know better. Yeah, I don't wish. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, uh, so we're recording this in uh, early January. Jeff, how were your holidays? They were great, actually. We uh, had wonderful time with the family and wonderful time here at church. Got really moved and had a bunch of people accept Jesus, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. just a passion. And so, yeah, it was fun. Kind of ready to get back at it. Like, I love being with my family. I love getting together. It kind of wears you out a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's, it's, uh, it was a blast. The kid, our, my kids are, are all but one as an adult, and, but they came over a bunch. Mm-hmm. So a lot of, a lot of games and movies, just fun stuff. Yeah. And when your kids are adults, you don't, you really, at least I really cherish that time because they have like their own lives, mm-hmm. you know? So when you get a, a chunk of time like that with them, that's just the best for me. So we loved it. But my kids are young adults. So like their night starts at 11 p.m. Yeah. So Heidi and I are both like, <laughs> we're exhausted. We uh, we took a couple nights and got a house actually with a couple other families uh, over the break just to get that extra time together. And one of the first nights we were there, we played games till almost two in the morning. And it was so fun. We all went to bed, didn't have to wake up in the morning. Uh, next night, we were dragging. I yeah, mean, we were just like, dragging, like you still want to stay up past 10? You know, <laughs> yeah, just know. Like, like the repeat was hard. Well, they, hard. The, our kid, like my kids, Heidi and I, our children, that they, they're ready to go again. I'm like, guys, mom and dad do not bounce back like that. But it was fun. We, for Heidi and I, accidentally got each other the same thing for Christmas and it was to digitize our old VHS tapes and you know old uh, like the smaller one I don't know what they are smaller ones too and so the kids were watching Heidi and I when we were young mm. and they're like you guys are the same and you're funny and it's like yeah we had life before you came along <laughs> and it one, one time we were watching this one of Heidi and I on our honeymoon mm. and like we're making uh, silly stuff and fun stuff on our honeymoon the very next thing was us taking the six kids to Disney, and all you see is these deep, dark circles under my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, I'm like, see what you've done to me, children. See what you've done. Yeah, it's a whole other insight into families with lots of kids. Uh, one of the families that we were with, uh, they have five and one on the way. Nice. And, uh, there's a there's a stud of a family. That's right. <laughs> um, and so. Just uh, we love them. I mean, they are they are like family to us. But just you, the totally different household dynamic. Uh, we still get to ride in the Mini Cooper while yeah. <laughs> you know they're yeah. looking for the twelve passenger van and stuff like that. It's hey, crazy. buddy, let me tell you something. Those twelve passenger vans are nice, <laughs> super nice. <clears throat> oh well, 
I'm glad you enjoy them. Yeah, <laughs> I don't anymore. <laughs> They're all gone. Well, um, today we have a submitted question, Jeff. This comes from one of our listeners, and uh, very well thought through. Um, the, the listener asks, the Bible has a lot of examples of predestination or of fate. For example, in Acts 4, it suggests that even something as simple as a meeting with a friend is determined by God. As Christians, we often say God has a plan. Well, if that's true, how do we also have a free will? How much control do we have over our lives if God has predestined our actions? The Bible gives endless examples of predetermination from the denial of Christ to his crucifixion, which seems to interfere with the idea of free will. Can you help us cut through the noise? You can tell that to the listener right there. Yeah. Thank you very much. Look at you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeff, uh, how, how, do we, how do we navigate that, what seems like a dissonant concept? So I can try to help you cut through the noise, but I want to just set expectations. Good, yeah. I cannot help cut through all the noise. So this, this is a timeless theological question uh, that people a lot smarter than me, you know, Arminius, Calvin, others have wrestled with, and um, and so there, it is a unanswerable question, and it is a m- tension and a mystery that we have to live in. So there's, I think, to start, and I'll talk about it, I promise. But to start, I think we have to actually start with. There are things about God's character and the perfection of it that we're never going to understand. Mm-hmm. So how can a loving God, a God who is love, say to his chosen people, go into Jericho and kill every living thing? Mm-hmm. Like in our, our finite minds, we cannot rectify that. So, And that's because we don't understand the fullness of love and we don't understand the fullness of justice. So we would only have a, a reflection, what the Bible sometimes calls a dim reflection of that. Mm-hmm. So we can understand it at the level that we can understand it. So God, who is just and who is love, who understands those things fully, what will not rectify in our mind rectifies in his mind perfectly. Mm-hmm. So this is why we follow by faith, not by sight. So um, this is where... There's lots of illustrations uh, in the scripture and in theology and doctrine where I'm choosing to trust a God I will not and will never, I cannot and will never fully understand, and that's what faith actually is. Mm -hmm. Predestination of free will is one of those things, in my opinion. People disagree with me on both sides, and I think think when we get to heaven, they'll all see that I was right. (laughs) Um, But this is what I would say. Are we predestined? And the answer is yes. Do we have a free will? And the answer is yes. How do you rectify those two things? And what I would say is according to God's purpose. Mm. So you could the the listener here referred to uh, a couple of illustrations where people are predestined. Judas was predestined to betray Christ. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh was predestined to uh, not allow the Israelites to leave Egypt. So the Bible says they were raised up for this that very purpose, mm-hmm. right? So why? That seems unfair. It seems wrong. Why'd it have to be so complicated? Uh, could could Judas... Did Judas actually love God, and then was he controlled by Satan, etc.? Is he in heaven or hell, etc., etc., etc.? And what I would say to you is, why would God create 
Judas for the purpose of betraying Jesus? Or why would God create Pharaoh for the purpose of denying the Israelites in Exodus and then uh, being the object of God's wrath and judgment and example of his power? Isn't that a hateful act? Mm. And isn't that against the loving nature of God? And what I would say to you is the key word is not was he predestined or did he have a free will? Because the Bible says about Pharaoh that God hardened his heart. Mm -hmm. So it's not whether Pharaoh had a free will or was predestined. The key word there is purpose. Yep. That God has a purpose that is greater than I can know or I can understand. And as a follower, all things work together for the purpose that God is trying to play out, not for the comfort or even the understanding of the one who is following. So when you get into the scripture, that's that's where you'll see those two things. You know, you'll see um, people who uh, had a choice. Uh, the rich young ruler had a choice. Um, uh, John three sixteen, God so loved the world, gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him, mm -hmm. there's a choice. Uh, there's one name under heaven by which you uh, are saved. That's I'm choosing Jesus. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. It seems like I have a free will mm -hmm. in that. Um, you see people exercise will with God. Abraham exercised will with God as he uh, bartered, so to say, to, to save Sodom and Gomorrah or to get it down to one righteous person. Moses exercised a free will when, mm -hmm. he, when he interceded on behalf of the Israelites because God said, I'm going to strike them down, I'm going to start a new nation through you. And he's like, you're going to look like a fool if you do that. So like, we'll, we'll see like that interaction. Moses said that to God. Mm -hmm. like, you're going to dishonor your own name. So we'll see that interaction all throughout the Scripture. Um, and so you see that, that free will. You also see predestination. God foreknew who he would call. You were created to do good works. Mm -hmm. That's what you were created to do, specific good works. So that tension does not leave, and, and what I've learned to do is I actually don't try to rectify it. Mm. I live in the mystery of it, um, because when I bring all of that into my personal life experiences, that's where I understand it the most. Um, for instance, I have shared Jesus with uh, a friend um, so many times over so many years, and he will say to me, I wish I could believe what you believe. And I would look and say, is he, is he predestined not to? Mm. Um, I've also like led, uh, I led a lady to Christ on an airplane one time. I was reading my Bible. She's like, what's that? We had this long... And like I'm a hundred percent certain that she knows Christ, um, and some of you have accepted Christ that way. You're like, "What was that? Was out of the blue?" Well, were you predestined to have that conversation? Mm -hmm. I don't believe that. I believe that God is sovereign, so I don't believe that there's anything that's outside of His purview or control. Well, then why does God let bad things happen to good people? Well, there's a purpose to it. Well, what's the purpose? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know, and I, I wouldn't insult you with a with a, a ignorant answer about that. I just know that there is one. I choose to believe that by faith. Mm -hmm. And then I also believe in free will. And so I know when I'm sinning against God on purpose, 
right? I, I know that I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when I, I, I know that I knew about Jesus for years of my life and chose to ignore him mm-hmm. until I was a junior in college. So like, this isn't like little kids aren't sure. This is like, no, I'm 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. I'm fully aware of what I'm doing. Yep. <clears throat> so you see both those things play out. Um, and, and what I what and what I would say is like, why why do those two things in Scripture? And I would say, well, it's because of the purpose of God. So here here's what many people will say. Well, aren't those two things contradicting each other? And I would say, no, those two things are completing each other. Uh, a sovereign God who does know and does understand is interacting with a a human being in a way that they know and they understand. And sometimes that sovereign God it presents that interaction as an act of free will, and sometimes he presents that interaction as an act of total predestination or total sovereignty. Mm-hmm. We're reading glimpses of that. But what the Bible does, the, the Bible is not um, a book that clarifies all of our theology. What the Bible does is the Bible is a book that shows us the fullness of God, right? So so think about that. I always say don't think about God outside of relational terms. So think about that God, think about that in relational terms. Like, Joe, I'll, I'll use you as an example. You are a kind-hearted, gentle, compassionate, loving person. It's the nicest thing you ever said to me. It was tr- <laughs> it's true. I, I mean that sincerely. And if you are on a football field, you would rip someone's head off. Mm-hmm. So is that a contradiction, or is it a completeness? Mm-hmm. And is there a purpose behind the action, and is there a context maybe that I don't understand. Yeah, you you sure. see what I'm saying? Yep. So the, what the Bible is doing is revealing to us, or to the degrees that we can understand, the full nature of God. So what's on display, for instance, when, when uh, Joshua goes into Jericho and kills every living creature except Rahab and her family, is not a genocidal maniac. It's the full justice of God. Mm-hmm. What God does then when he spares Rahab is not a, why do you kill everybody but the prostitute? That's a loving, merciful God Mm -hmm. who was loving and merciful to someone who had a disaster of a life but tried to honor him correctly in a moment. Well, that doesn't seem fair to me, right? Well, you know, it's interesting. I heard somebody, maybe I was reading a book or... Somebody was talking. Who knows? Maybe it was you. Uh, but one time, somebody was talking about just that what seems unfair when it comes to God and life is that we forget that he's not just a person. So if I choose to end someone's life, I've greatly overstepped my boundaries as who I am as a person because I'm not in charge of that person's life one way or the other. God you murder them. Right. Yeah. God holds the birth and death of every person ever in all time. So this isn't like the one time he decided to end. Like, all life and all times of death are in his hand. Right. <clears throat> and so, yeah, it can seem like, well, that's unfair. It's like, it's a totally different elevation of what's going on there when God is determining when or when you don't. And the way, the way that you interpret that, you know, uh, is... 
determined by your level of trust. Mm-hmm. So if, if I I can do uh, things that people would say are out, I can I can strike a child. Well, that's so outside of your character. Well, not if I'm disciplining my one of my boys or mm-hmm. my daughter. What well, your child will feel abused. It depends on if they trust me or not. Mm-hmm. I w- I was struck many times as a child. I was spanked by a loving father. It does it does not compute to me as abuse. Now the exact same option, the exact same thing could happen to another person, and they would say my father was abusive. What's the difference? Well, I trusted my father's love. You, that other person may never have experienced their father's love. Mm-hmm. So, so it's it's all it's when you start looking at that, the way everything that I interpret about God is based on faith and trust. Mm-hmm. So I can look at like Jericho and say, well, I don't understand it, but I trust God. Mm-hmm. Or I can look at Jericho and say, that's that's genocidal maniac stuff. Because I don't trust God. Right. And we're looking at the same event. Well, the same thing is true with all of God's purposes in my life. Like how I receive and how I interpret and how I move through whatever he has purposed to do, or a fancier way to say that is God's sovereignty over my life, is based on whether I'm choosing to trust him or not. So do I have the choice to trust him or not? I'm like, well, I would. I think you do. Mm-hmm. Um, what about those who are predestined? I'm like, well, David's life, Abraham's life, uh, Moses, like, there's a lot of really, really screwed up people who we know were connected to the heart of God. Mm-hmm. None of them would have passed a background check at Grace Church. <laughs> so it's it's beyond me, yep. it, where I would look and say, God, you blew that on David. Like, that was <laughs> like, come on, Really? And God's like, you don't, you don't know what you're talking about, so let me handle this. You decide if mm-hmm. you're going to trust me or not, and you, you get to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Now, part of, the, part of the big reason, it depends on—you want to go deeper with this, Joe? You know what? Why not? Okay, let's go. Part of the reason why I have to believe in free will is because I believe in love. Mm. And you have to have a free will to love. Yep. So when Jesus says, love me with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, love your neighbors, yourself, right there, that's a free will statement. If I can't choose to not love you, then I can't choose to love you. Mm-hmm. I was on the phone the other day. I'm having this issue with my taxes. It's, it's <laughs> you not should a, have been paying them. Yeah, I, should, I, should, right? I didn't know. You're supposed to know. No, it, it's, it's actually not even a big issue. It's like a couple hundred bucks. You know, like I underestimated something. It's not even that big of a deal. But I'm trying to deal with the IRS about it, which is just like this nightmare, right? And so I finally get this representative on the phone because I can't figure out, like, I've sent this money, et cetera, you know. So I'm talking to this lady on the phone. She was a very kind lady, actually very, try to be helpful. So she helped me figure something out. I said, well, thank you. You've been very helpful. And she said, she goes, well, thank you. We try to help all of our customers. And I go, I'm not your customer. <laughs> and she go, she goes, well, we try to, you know, give good customer service. I said, but I'm not your customer. And and we kind of had developed this little rapport, so we're kind of like laughing over the phone about this. I was like, and I said to her, I go, I'm Walmart's customer, and if I decide not to be their customer, they don't throw me in prison. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not your customer. I, I am in, I am enslaved to you. Mm-hmm. 
Because if I don't do what you say, right? If I if I pass on the rollback price at Walmart, I just leave Walmart and go about my because I'm a customer. Mm-hmm. If I don't do what you say, you throw me in prison, mm-hmm. right? So I don't I can't love the IRS because I can't choose not to deal with them. Mm-hmm. I go to Walmart because it's more convenient and cheaper than going to blah blah store. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So I have to have choice, and then and then in the same breath, the Bible says, "But those he foreknew, he also predestined and called to be his own children." I'm like, right. So it, was I going to follow Jesus no matter what? I'm like, it seems like that's kind of what that's saying. Now, people, theologians will argue about that. And what I would say to our listener is, this argument is a thousand years old now, mm-hmm. and the way that I like to. Think of myself. I call myself an honest theologian. The Bible says that it says it. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And the parts that it says that I don't understand, and the parts it doesn't say that I don't understand, I just choose to live in the tension. Yep. I would rather be honest to say there's a mystery that I can't rectify than try to discount something that the Bible clearly speaks about or shows us. I think that tension is a great word um, because. A lot of times when I think about, there's a few topics kind of like this in the scripture where if you just ask the hard question, the scripture does not give you ridiculously clear answers. And so um, I like to think through like not only how does that play out in a relational term, but what's the relational fallout if we did have clarity? And one of the things I've thought about with this particular topic, what would the fallout be? Is um, if, if it was all about our free will... Um, there would likely be an insurmountable pressure on all of us. Like, have we believed enough? Have we... um, I mean, I grew up in a home that was Christian that was um, the extreme version of the free will. Um, You can lose your salvation at any point. And so literally there were conversations in my home about like, did what you just say to your mom and dad keep you from heaven, yeah, you know, kind of stuff. And so if it's all about like, you better choose, you better know, you better do the right thing, like suddenly the weight of your faith is unbearable. I mean, you almost erase grace yeah. if you knew 100% this is on you. That's right. Now, if you flipped it to the other side and it's 100% on God, he already has it figured out. We're just mindlessly playing a game that's already won. It's garbage time in the end of the fourth quarter. The score is 100-0. Like, it's not happening, right? Well, the apathy that we would live in, not caring You about, erase evangelism. You erase evangelism. You erase, um, I don't care if you're good or bad or how you're interacting with people because God's going to figure it out in the end. I don't care. Um, and the anarchy that would play forth yep. because it doesn't matter anyway. Like... That would destroy our society, knowing if it was all about, well, God just has it, don't worry about it. And so I think in God's infinite relational wisdom, he's like, I can't 100% just say, don't worry about it, or yeah, it's on you, because we would crumble. Yeah. The, I like to say we should evangelize like we're Arminians, and we should take confidence in our salvation like we're Calvinists. That sounds very biblical. <laughs> so what that what that means is this. When I think about my own salvation, I absolutely think about it in terms of being predestined. Mm. 
And when Jesus says he'll never leave me or forsake me, when Jesus says he chose me, when Jesus says my sheep hear my voice and follow me, I'm like, I am one of those guys. And what that does for me is that it gives me kind of what you were saying, Joe, it gives me an extraordinary amount of grace for myself. Mm-hmm. Like I live, I'm saved by grace through faith. I live in grace. Heidi teases me a little bit about it. She's like, you, you're the least guilty person I know. And I'm like, yeah, I can't do anything about it. Now, I, if I hurt you, if I sin, if, like I care a lot about that. For sure. But once I have repented or corrected or whatever, like I'm done. I, I don't sit and lose a bunch of sleep over it because I, I think as a person who's been called and I'm sealed, ready to go. When I look at lost people, I think, I think in, only in terms of free will. Because like, the Bible says, whoever calls the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yep. And so I'm like, well, who's the whoever? And God wishes that none should perish. And God wishes that none should perish. So, so I'm like, and, and, I, and I, all you theologians out there, like I, I get the arguments, mm-hmm. so I'm not, I'm not actually trying to engage that. I'm just like, I'm going to live like that. I'm going to live like every single person that comes across my path needs to know the good news of Jesus Christ because I know that God loves them, and I'm going to assume that God wants them. Mm-hmm. And and then Jesus can separate the sheep and the goats. That's not my job to do that. So that's what I mean. I live in the tension. It's I don't. Be, I believe this is one of these areas of scripture. It's not my job to figure the tension out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not my job to to give a definitive answer to it. I'll have the conversation. I think it's an important conversation. Mm-hmm. I think it's an important conversation, especially in the in the functioning of the church, and like the security of our salvation. Like I, I think I don't think it's a a dumb conversation. But you're going to hit a point where you're like, there, there is, there is no answer this side of heaven, and this is where I have to remember, I am not God, and God is not me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, so when when my um, when my children are like, Dad, how do I start the tractor and drive it? I look at them when they're little, and I'm like, you're not ready for that information. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to show you. I won't even tell you where the key is. <laughs> right. Right. You're not you're not ready for that, and I'm it's because I love you. Mm-hmm. And to you, this looks fun. To me, this looks like a tool that will kill you in a heartbeat if you don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, I think as we mature, you come to more mature places, and I, I don't, I don't want to, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say that I'm mature. I can just tell you, with thirty years of wrestling and thirty years of formal study. Mm-hmm. The place that I've come is some things are a mystery and I have to live in attention. And that's where I'm at with this. It's actually something that cannot be fully rectified, although it should be impacting mm-hmm. our lives in the way that we love other people. It's interesting because sometimes when we read the scriptures, we can forget that the text covers about 4,000 years of human history. Um, that's not including, of course, all of the... Um, Apocalyptic. This might. Ha- this is going to happen in the future stuff. But um, and then it's of course talking to thousands upon thousands upon thousands of different people. So there are times in my parenting when, like, I need to assure my daughter, "There's nothing that you can do that's going to separate you from the love of your father. I love you. No, I want to just come here. Let me. You know, like. And then there are other times when she's being a little bit of a booger. I'm like, you're going to decide whether or not you're going to be part of the family tonight. <laughs> yeah. Now I don't mean because I'm out. kicking you to the curb. I'm, I need you to choose to interact with us as your family. Right. And then, but there's nothing that's going to, so it's like there is this, 
in this moment of time, God needed to say, I need you to turn from what you're doing and look back to me and trust so that we can get back on a relational ground. Like, and there are other times it's like, listen, there's nothing that could separate you from my love. And both of those things are true. But they're, they're emphases at different points of time with different points of people. And then they bring this fun little tense, uh, dissonant, wonderful truth <laughs> that God's portraying yeah. to us. Yeah. I, and God, through it all, is accomplishing his will and his purpose. Yep. And, and that's what I take comfort in. And um, I, think, I think sometimes we struggle with God's will and purpose uh, should be my will and purpose, or I'm the object of his will and purpose. And in reality, what the scripture says is that you're a part of it. Mm-hmm. And and we, in the way that we think, me too, I, I like to be the center of my own world. Yeah. And that's how I tend to think. Uh, everybody does. And God's like, actually, you're, I'm the center, mm-hmm. and you're a piece of it. Well, I thought you valued me. I do. Mm-hmm. But you have to you have to humble yourself too, in the whole thing. So, I just I just think there's a there is there is a um, there's times you can look at the scripture and say, well, there's a mystery and there's a tension because you don't want to deal with something, and that's dumb uh, and and lazy. Um, there's a time you can look at the scripture and say, there, there's a mystery and a tension because you don't like what it says, mm. and that's uh, heretical. There's other times that you can look at Scripture and say, um, really good Christ-centered people have thought about this really hard for a really long time, and they don't have an answer. And I'm like, right, because there's a mystery there. And, and I do not know all the ways of thinking. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I can rest in my relationship and not always understand the, the mind of my father, but I can always trust his heart. That's good. Well, I hope this is helping our listener uh, navigate this question. Uh, much like the nature of this podcast, very rarely are, are we going to find ourselves on an extreme side of a polarized topic. Um, but as we kind of navigate here, what Jesus is showing us through this uh, tension, through this call to something greater, to something more uh, on a God level, I hope this is helpful as we navigate this. If you would like us to address a specific question or topic, you can always submit those at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. And if we can help you take any unique next steps or uh, find your way to choosing to follow Jesus or find your way into having security in the decision that you've already made to follow him, we would love to help you do that. If you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more of it, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. And of course, if you're looking for a group of people that are looking to follow Jesus, you can always join us in person here at Grace or check us out online. Thanks again for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. We'll see you next time.